0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the very first interview of the Needy Podcast. I am your host, Mara Glatzel, and I am beyond delighted to be joined today by Graham Seabrook. Graham's work is founded in the belief that you really need to be the priority of your own life in order to thrive and is dedicated to helping mothers reclaim their humanity. She is also the force behind the beautiful Self-Care in Color retreat, which will be entering into its second year this month all. Welcome. Hi, Graham.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Really, I'm so excited about this.
0: I'm so excited too. Will you tell us a little bit about your work and really the why? Why do you do the work that you do?
1: Because I got really sick. <laughs> when I became a mom, all I wanted to be was a mom, first of all, like my whole life. All I wanted to be was a mom. Um, from the time I was like three or four, from the time I'm, that my 1st the first, I'm the oldest of a bunch of cousins. And so the first time that somebody had a baby that I got to play with, I was like, Ooh, I want this. I want this. This is what I want. Fast forward 30 something years later and I became a mom and it was horrible. I got really, really sick. I had postpartum depression. I had postpartum anxiety. Um, I had a deeply traumatic birth experience. And so I'm living with PTSD and super fun flashbacks and it's a great time. Um, and I realized through my healing journey from that, that it wasn't just moms who were sick, who were struggling. Like I originally thought, oh, this is really hard because I have PPD. And once I am healthy, it won't be hard anymore. <laughs> which is just kind of
0: ridiculous.
1: (laughs) Um, And the healthier I got, parenting was still really, really hard. And I was like, wait a minute. I thought thought this was going to get easier. I thought it was going to be simpler. I thought I would get myself back. I thought, wait, what? And I started hearing from other mothers who had never been sick that they were having the same struggles that I was having. And I started looking around at women who weren't mothers who were still having a lot of the same struggles that I was having around identity around boundaries around what you're expected to give to your family, your community, our society in general. And I was like, "Wait, this is crap. <laughs> this like this is just hold on a minute. It's not supposed to be like this. This isn't fair." And I heard, of course, my father's voice in my head, as soon as I thought this isn't fair, I heard him say, well, who told you that life was fair? And and then the same impulse that I have also had since I was a small child was that, but it should be. And so that's where all of this comes from. That's in a nutshell, the journey of like, wait a minute, I really want this thing, but it's horrible, but it's not supposed to be horrible. And so... I'm trying to make it not suck. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: That doesn't look good on a business card, though. (laughs) But
0: for the women who are ready and needing to hear that message, they're going to hear exactly that and be nodding their heads and saying, yes, yes, you know how often things aren't exactly what we want them to be or what we thought that they would be and Mm -hmm. how far away from yourself you can get, you know, and, and that really at the core is what this whole podcast is about is finding yourself underneath the layers and layers and layers of obligation and commitments and Mm -hmm. identities.
1: Oh my gosh. Oh, Oh, you can get buried. It's so easy to get buried in your own life. Mm-hmm. To just keep piling on all of the other identities. Wife, mother, sister, daughter, aunt, godmother. That's just in my family. That's not even like business owner, friend, coach, mentor, mentee. There's, that's That's like... I don't even know how many things I just listed. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's so much. And all of those are facets of me. Yes. But then there's also the gram on the inside.
0: So how do you find yourself underneath that? Like how does, what does it look like to take care of your needs on a daily basis? Mm. Um,
1: So my biggest like trick that I started doing Because I I need structure. I'm a person who deeply needs structure. I also hate it. I hate it. I think it's boring and stupid. (laughs) I don't like it. But I need it, which is annoying. Um, I always thought of myself as an artist and a writer and a free spirit. And so to have that idea of myself and then also know that I thrive on a schedule and that I thrive with structure is just like, man. That's not how I thought it was going (laughs) to be. But I started putting myself on my calendar and I started doing that. When I started doing it, I didn't do it immediately. It wasn't like I sat down and said, oh, tomorrow for half an hour, I'm going to focus on me. That's not what I did. I went through my Google calendar um, because that's where my whole life is. And I skimmed through it and through it and through it until I found a month that had nothing on it. Or I think it had like one or two things, but it wasn't full of obligations. And I decided in my head that I was going to take three hours a week for myself. And I just put them on the calendar. I just, I put the hours on the calendar, not knowing what anybody else was going to need from me, not having any idea of what opportunities might be coming my, my way or what, um crises might be coming my way or whatever but I put myself on the calendar and I color-coded it and as we got closer and closer to that month I didn't even really have ideas of what I was going to do in those hours those three hours those three separate hours a week I didn't really have a plan as we got closer and closer to that month um it started filling up with because I'm a coach, so clients would go on it or whatever things. And every time somebody wanted a piece of that time, and I had to say no, it got harder and harder and harder, the closer we got. I turned down um, an interview I that I couldn't reschedule. And it was like, oh, my stomach Oh, everything just felt horrible. Like, oh, am I worth taking this time and not doing this thing that could really promote my business? Am I worth that? When I didn't even know what I was going to use the time for, right? Oh, it was just terrifying. Um, And then once we got into the month and I had these free hours, then it was, well, what the hell am I going (laughs) to do? What am I supposed to, what am I? What am I supposed to do with this time? Um, And I purposefully didn't plan anything for the first first week of those three hours. And I tried really hard to just tune into what I happened to need that day. To really just sit there. And sometimes it took half an hour, 45 minutes. And then I only had 15 minutes to do the thing. And that was annoying. But I've gotten better and better and better. With practice, like just practicing it and just doing it, of paying attention to myself and actually listening to myself, so feeling into my body um, and feeling into my brain. Like, am I thinking? Is it? Is it clearly? Is it sluggish? Do I feel kind of stuttery? Um, am I really anxious? Just asking myself and paying attention to myself, and questioning myself. Like, okay, Graham, what what would future Graham be really grateful that present Graham did? So what would me next week or me tomorrow or me in an hour be really happy that me right now is doing? Sometimes that's doing the dishes. Sometimes it's taking a nap. Sometimes it's taking a bath. Um, it is very frequently ice cream. <laughs> Very, very frequently. Um, but it can be all kinds of things. I just leave the door open to to it. Um, but it really has been a practice. And creating that space, having those containers, has been extremely important in my life.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and something that I find so powerful about your work is that the way that you talk about self-care is not that, like... Instagram pretty kind of (laughs) rose petals in your bathtub though. I mean, if that's your thing, that's your thing. Fine. But that, that really expanding that understanding of self care to include going to therapy. Oh gosh. uh, Yeah. I don't know. Calling your insurance company for the millionth time, whatever it is Mm -hmm. that, that helps you take care of your life. Mm -hmm. And because I think that those like pretty Instagram self-care ideas don't really resonate with people who feel like they have very real needs um, that are demanding their attention.
1: Yeah, I get so many so many people who say to me when I start talking about self-care, they're like, yeah, I don't really like massages. I don't like people touching me. And I'm like, wait, I didn't, I said self-care. I did not say massage. That's not, that's not what I said. Yeah, but I don't have money to spend on a mani-pedi. Wait, wait, wait. I said self-care. I did not say massage. I did not say mani Penny. I did not say girls night out. Um, all of those are awesome. And if that's going to fill you, then go for it and do it. But what I learned was that using a bath bomb was not a replacement for therapy. And at the same time, when I needed just relaxation and rest therapy wasn't going to do that for me. So I think the part of we, <laughs> I was going to say the part of self care that we leave out is self, but I think, but really we, we leave out the whole thing. Um, we're not paying attention to what we actually need, right? Cause what I need today might be totally different from what you need today. It might be totally different from what either of us needs tomorrow, you know? Um, so it's not like a prescription that we can give each other. If you have a date night once a week and if you go to therapy twice a month and you take this pill and you drink this many glasses of water and you exercise this many minutes per day, you will be happy. I, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe you're in a season of your life right now where happy is not the goal, where the goal is survival. Maybe you're in a season where you're learning how to thrive. I don't know where you are or what you need. Um, I do know a series of questions that you can ask yourself to to figure it out. And I do have support that I can give you on that path. So when I'm talking about self-care, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, do you need to do the dishes? Do you need to take a bath? Do you need to do both? Do you need to call a friend? Um, or read a book or take a nap what is it that you need do you need to set a boundary tell somebody to leave you alone stop having a conversation speak your truth like there's so many millions of things that it could be yeah
0: So tell me a little bit about the sacrificial mother, because I can just hear people on the other end thinking that's all well and good, but how can I just take a nap or how can I just do this thing? If there are so many things that need my attention, including my children, which I have a really hard time saying no to. Yes.
1: So the sacrificial mother or the perfect mother, um, she is oh she's so mean to the rest of us first of all she doesn't exist right and we know that she doesn't exist (laughs) but even though we already know that she doesn't exist we're still uh comparing ourselves to her and we're still we create her constantly and we recreate her constantly depending on what we are insecure about that day So if you are having a really hard day with the amount of time that you're spending with one of your children, then in that day for you, the perfect mother is the Pinterest mom who has created 40 million crafts for her kids and is helping her child learn how to write and everything is beautiful and branded and gold fonted, you know, Um, whereas like if you're if your kid is down to like eating three foods. Then the perfect mother prepares gourmet meals every night that her child loves, right? It, it really, the, she's amorphous and she changes constantly. And I have renamed her the sacrificial mother because I think that is a more true description. Because what we're all thinking that we should be doing is giving up literally everything about ourselves for our children, we're all thinking that we should be stopping everything that we should not have any wants that we should not have any needs that we should not be ever be frustrated that we should always, always, always be giving and giving selflessly, happily, joyfully. Um, that whole enjoy every moment thing that makes me like just ragey. Um, And I really do see it as a procession of mothers walking up to an altar and laying pieces of themselves on it and hoping that someone will tell them that they are a good enough mom. If I give up all of my free time, am I good enough? Is my kid going to be okay? If I give up all of my dreams and desires, am I good enough? Is my kid going to be okay? If I give up this and that and this and that like... Until you have nothing left. And it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. I promise you that this perfect mother that you have in your head, if your child actually had to live with them, would be damaging to your child and to your family. I promise you. Our kids need to see us fail. Our kids need to see us screw up. Our kids need to see us make mistakes because that's the only way that they're going to learn what to do when they fail, when they screw up, when they make mistakes. If they don't see us do it, they're not going to know how to do it. And in the real world, they're going to screw up. My children are perfect and wonderful. (laughs) So mine won't. But yours are going to, no, this is, I mean, really, you know, um, my son is four and a half and my daughter's two and a half and I had depression and anxiety with both of them. And I was terrified with my daughter that my son was now old enough to to know what was going on. He saw me sobbing. He saw me have a panic attack at our front door and not be able to move. He saw all of these things happen to me. And I thought, Oh, I'm scarring him. These are his first memories. And I'm I'm obviously this horrible mother. And I mean, you know, all of the ways that you can beat yourself up. And his um, Montessori teacher told me one day, Oh, he's, he's just so empathetic. And when, Whenever one of his friends is upset, he always just seems to notice and he has the patience to sit with them and he gives the best hugs and he's just so, he's such a sweet guy. And I never put those two things. I was like, oh, yay, my baby. He's awesome. You know, I had that little like glowy thing that you get anytime anyone gives you a compliment about your kid, but I never connected it until I was telling my therapist about it. And she was like, well, yeah, Graham, you taught him how to do that. Every time you've said to him, mommy is really sad right now, but I'm going to be okay. Why don't you come give me a hug and mommy's going to be okay. He learned that when people are sad, you give them a hug and everything's going to be okay. Every time you said to him, mommy got really scared, but there's nothing here and you're okay and I'm okay. Let's just breathe for a minute. He learned that when people get scared, you go and help them breathe. Like he learned all of these things from all of those times that you thought you were scarring him and you were being horrible. So then I cried a lot Um, (laughs) because that's the kind of thing that when someone tells you that you sob. And and they did. Um, It's just I think it's really important for us to think about the things we are sacrificing, the parts of ourselves that we're sacrificing and why. Because what our kids need is not perfect mothers or sacrificial mothers. Our children are not priests standing at that altar waiting for us to give parts of ourselves away. They are not. They are whole human beings. And so are we. And it's about finding compromise and finding space for both of us to be human beings within within our families and within our communities and within our culture not about I'm going to give up absolutely everything for my child and be this perfect person it's not possible and it's not wanted or necessary or healthy doesn't work so,
0: yeah. <laughs> well, and it occurs to me that, you know, as we give ourselves permission to show up in the world as we are, you know, as mothers, if we're mothers, as women, um, that it, it works to strike a blow on that idea of perfectionism as expected. Yes. You know, it's like your son may someday have a partner who mm-hmm. has a child. And because he was able to see you in your experience of motherhood, he's not going to expect that his partner is, you know, happy and cheerful all the time. (laughs) Right. And, and and that one of the reasons I think we're even having this conversation is because so many of us don't have role models for what it looks like to show up as humans in the world and, and need what we need.
1: Mm-mm.
0: Nope. And set appropriate boundaries.
1: Yes. Our mothers were told, I don't know, my mother was told <laughs> that um, now she was allowed to go out into the workforce and have a career. And not just a job, a career, right? She was allowed to have ambition. She was going to shatter glass ceilings, she was going to blaze trails. And she was also going to have a family because she could have it all. That's what my mother was told. And so that's what she tried to do, you know, Um, and she had an amazing career. Her career and my father's career were remarkably similar in the number of hours worked and how much they loved their jobs and what, you know, um, they were passionate and invested she was also still just expected to be the person who did everything for me and to be the primary parent. It was just the base expectation. It was his expectation. It was hers. It was mine. It was everybody in our family. You know, that wasn't something that she even um, consciously struggled with because that was this is what you do, right? There's no idea of boundaries in that life. There is no possible way. To work 50 hours a week, striving to grow and push a career, and to also be the type of parent that my mother wanted to be, which is engaged and um, just the best possible mom that she could be, right, in the 24 hours we have in a day and still have any type of time To even think about yourself. I'm not saying that you cannot have it all. I am saying you cannot have it all at the same time. Mm -hmm. There are 24 hours in a day. That is just a reality. I would love it if there were more. If somebody could do that, I'm all over it. (laughs) Um, But yeah, this whole idea of work-life balance just kind of strikes me as crap honestly um there are cycles there are seasons but this idea of balance makes it sound like we should be standing in the middle and holding these two things that puts a lot of weight on top of a mother <laughs> because who who is in the center of that who's the fulcrum of that like of keeping that that whole thing balanced that's just you putting more weight on yourself why so my um, idea is mother centered motherhood you're already standing in the center of your family you're already the spoke of the wheel you're already the person that keeps everything running you already are let's just let's just acknowledge that (laughs) Um, even when we have partners that are super helpful and amazing. Like I do. I have a partner that's super helpful and amazing. He's now no longer allowed to listen to this podcast. because He's over his quota of compliments for the month. But <laughs> he is fabulous. I am still the center of the family. I just am. And so... What I had to do at some point was say, okay, if I'm going to be the center of this family, then it's not just going to be my giving and my organizational skills and my work and my my mental, emotional and physical labor that is at the center of this family. It's also going to be my wants and my needs and my desires and my dreams that are going to be the center of this family. Because those things have to be just as important as the things that I'm putting out And sometimes that means that compromises have to be made and compromises sometimes mean me saying no to my children and everyone survives. They're all still alive. None of them are scarred yet. They're really young, but none of them are scarred yet. Um, I don't see this. This is the part where everybody's going to start screaming at you and at me. So get ready. I don't see my job as making my children as happy as I can make them every single day. I see my job as raising healthy and happy humans. So I need to give them tools. I need to give them teaching and love and affection and support and as much joy as I can. Yeah. But there are times when I am going to choose me. And I'm just not, I'm I'm done feeling bad about that. I'm just done. And I've worked with um, a lot of moms on this and it seems to be harder and harder to make that switch the older the kids are, which totally makes sense. You know, um, my children are growing up with mom being a human being who sometimes says no. If your children are 13, 14, 15, 16, and you've been pouring out, for them their whole lives and now all of a sudden you're saying "Eh, hold on a second if you want to do that thing maybe you need to find another ride if you want to do that thing maybe you need to figure it out yourself mom is not going to give 110% anymore mom's going to give 90% and they're shocked (laughs) they're like how could you do this Um, but still All of them, every single one of them have gotten over it and none of them have been scarred. It's just um, not that horrible for you to be a human being who has needs and for you to fulfill those needs and for you to ask for time and space in your family to do it. It's just not the worst thing in the world. We think it will be. It's just not.
0: Well, and I love how you talk about boundaries as something that gives you more to help others while also helping yourself. But it's not just this thing. You're not just taking away. And I think, you know, you speak so eloquently to that in your work. Um And I wonder if you could help us here because I think that a lot of women feel that way about boundaries. It's like the line in the sand or, you know, that's this big ultimatum when really a boundary could be like asking for what you want for Mother's Day. Your post on that was fantastic. I will link to that in the show notes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: I mean, really. So this, and I have to give credit where credit is due. My friend Alexis said to me once, um she's like boundaries are beautiful. She said like, I am cultivating a boundary garden. And I just stole that immediately. I was like, "Oh my god, I love this." <gasps> I I'm a really visual person, so as soon as she said boundary garden in my head, I went straight to like the secret garden and there was this gorgeous wall that was covered in ivy and there was this gate that was super ornate and just like that was just the image that popped into my head. As soon as she said boundary garden and I I love images and metaphors and all of that. And I ran with it. <laughs> and I, in my coaching group, so oh, they had to suffer through an entire March that was all about, <laughs> I used all of these gardening metaphors in every single class that we did. And it was, I'm sure they were all rolling their eyes by the end of the month. Like, please just let this be done. But we talked about weeding our garden. And how, when if you have an actual garden and it is completely choked with the plants that you want to grow and then just weeds, nothing is going to grow. You take the weeds away and everything else can flourish. And then you have more room. You can plant more things. You can invite more things into your garden once you take the weeds away. So the weeds are people who don't respect you. Things that don't fill you and that are unnecessary so there are certain things um like uh, paying bills (laughs) right that those are necessary but having abusive people in your life those are not necessary um so when you start to look at at the garden that way everything becomes a lot more clear the more you say no or yes to things specifically with your health and wellness and heart in mind, it's self-care. That really is you focusing on yourself. Um, And it allows you to do things like say, this is what I want for Mother's Day. It allows you to do things like say, this is what I want for dinner. (laughs) You know, really basic stuff. This is what I want to put on the radio in the car, even though my kids are in the car and they want to listen to this other thing. Well, okay. It's still your car. It's still your radio. Put on what you want to put on. The fact that that is a radical notion to some mothers, I'm just like, oh, mama, listen to what you want on the radio. What are you doing? You're in the car hours and hours and hours every day, driving these people everywhere. Why are you not listening to the podcast that you want or the radio station that you want or the CD that you want? What are you doing? It just makes me so sad. I want to hug them all. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Boundaries don't have to be a line in the sand and they don't even necessarily have to be a thing that you set specifically with other people. It can be a decision that you make. The next time my mother says something mean about my parenting, I'm going to take a deep breath and say... I understand where you're coming from and walk away. I'm going to not engage or I'm not going to respond to that email or text. That's a boundary. You don't have to say, mom, I am setting a boundary with you. You don't get to talk to me that way. Now, you can say that if you want and, you know, I can help you, but you don't have to. You can set the boundary for yourself and make the decision for yourself and then do what you need to do. Mm
0: -hmm. So tell me where, how do you get back on track? If you lose your way and you find that you're not taking care of yourself or you're letting everybody else's choices determine your, what you're going to do with your time, how do Mm -hmm. you, how do you start to get back to yourself?
1: Basics, food, water, sleep. Like literally you have to go all the way back to the basics. Human beings need specific things in order to thrive you're a human being this is not debatable (laughs) you're a you're a mother you're a woman but you're also a human being right and so you need sleep you need enough water every day you need to be eating regularly you'd be amazed (laughs) you would be shocked at how those three things disappear the second we get into stress and overwhelm. They just disappear. And trying to reset those will force you already to deal with a lot of the other issues. There's a reason that you're not eating lunch until 4 o'clock, not eating dinner until 11. So when you decide I'm going to eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day, it's going to force you to fix some other things in your life or at least Confront them. There's a reason that you're drinking five cups of coffee in the morning and no water. Trying to change that, focusing on changing that, is going to make you think about, well, why am I so exhausted? Okay, then it leads you to sleep. Well, there's a reason (laughs) that you're sleeping three hours a night. Maybe multiple reasons. So going back to the basics, and I really think just picking one. You do not have to, we have to get out of this perfectionist mode. It's not good for anybody. You do not have to go from wherever you are, whatever you've let slide, and turbocharge into most healthy mother ever. It's not going to work. It's just more pressure that you're putting on yourself. And self-care is not supposed to be another area that we're striving for perfection It is supposed to be a thing that supports us and gives us more space and room in our lives. So pick one thing and decide, all right, I'm right now I'm eating one meal a day or I'm eating six meals a day. (laughs) Tomorrow, I'm going to eat two. Tomorrow, I'm going to be nicer to myself. I'm going to say one nice thing to myself. Tomorrow, I'm going to have one more glass of water than I did today not tomorrow I'm starting a gallon a day challenge. Like that's just <laughs> setting yourself up for failure. So yeah, start small and go back to basics.
0: Mm. Yep. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to ask you on what one piece of advice you had for uh, people who are tuning into this call, but that's like just such an excellent piece of <laughs> advice in and of itself. So instead I'm going to ask you, um, what words of love and support you have for the women who are listening to this call?
1: Oh, there are some things that I call truest truths, which I think is a little silly, but it's the only thing that feels right for me because they, they're deeper truths than, I don't know. (laughs) And this is one of them that you were born. All of us were born worthy of love and time and care and attention and respect and nothing that has happened to you and nothing that you have done from the time you were born until the time that you're hearing these words come out of my mouth has changed that, has diminished that. Our worth is intrinsic and it stays the same. These are not things that you have to earn. These are things you were born with. And you can reclaim them at any time.
0: Thank you so much. (laughs) Where can we find you? Where can we get more of you?
1: Oh my gosh, all over the place. Uh, Anywhere they sell Ben and Jerry's. That is where I am. I'm so serious. One of these days I'm going to go to Vermont and I'm just never going to (laughs) leave. But no, you can find me at theproblemwithmotherhood.com. And that is where all of my writing is. That is where you can link to like literally everything is there. And you I'm most active on Facebook, but I am trying to get better at, at visibility. And so I'm trying to be branch out and be on Instagram and Twitter a little bit more. But everything is really at the problem with dot com and you can get to everything else from there. So that's the place to go.
0: Mm -hmm. And before we get off the line, will you tell us a little bit about the upcoming self-care and color retreat that's coming this fall?
1: (gasps) I'm so excited. Y'all. Okay. Uh, I started this last year. I had this idea in August and did it in October. And don't ever, ever do that. Don't ever do that, people who are listening. It's a terrible plan. (laughs) It was so much work. But I wanted to do a online retreat, an online summit for specifically for black women dealing with self-care. And I pulled it off and I was like, wait, oh, this is amazing. I'm going to do this again. So this year it's getting even bigger. It is going to be five days, October 15th through the 20th. And every day we'll have two speakers instead of one. And you'll be able to watch all of the sessions for free if you watch them live. Or you can pay for the package that comes with all of the videos And a workbook and I'm putting together all kinds of awesome stuff. Um, But the speakers are going to be talking about real self-care. So we're going to have spirituality and sexuality and motherhood and self-care basics and financial self-care and how to put yourself on in your budget. I mean, just all kinds of really amazing stuff. I am in the middle right now of finalizing the speaker lineup and Every time somebody says yes, I just do a little happy dance in my living room because I'm really, really excited about it. In case you can't tell by my voice, I'm super pumped. Super pumped. So, And it's at um is where you'll be able to find everything as we list it. But it's October 15th through the 20th of 2018.
0: And it was really, really awesome last year. So I will link it all up in the show notes yeah. and uh, and highly encourage you to check it out.
1: Yeah. And That's anyone anyone can come to this. So self-care and color, people have asked me before, like, can white women come to this? Can Asian women come to Anyone can come to this. But all of our speakers are going to be black women. Um, but this is self-care is universal. <laughs> so anybody that wants to come and learn is more than welcome.
0: Mm hmm. Well, yeah. and in a world where uh, that's dominated by white self care, um, <laughs> it is a refreshing change. And I think that you no, know, it's just an amazing project. So I highly <laughs> encourage everyone to check it out.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Well, thank you, Graham. I'm so happy that you're here with us today. Thank you for being our first needy interview. And mm. it's just been fantastic.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This is fun. And I got to tell you, I seriously, I adore the name. I adore the concept. Please, everybody keep talking about your needs. Please, please,
0: please. Yes. 100%. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: for listening to the needy podcast with mara glatzel if you want to know more about needy or want to tend to your needs with a free needy toolkit dance on over to the needypodcast.com if you love today's show pretty please leave us a review on itunes and join us next week and as always permission loves company so if there's a human in your life that you think can benefit from this conversation i would be so grateful if you shared it with them thank you see you next week